Good evening everyone, Charlotte here from Enriching Environments and this is Top Tip Tuesday on Instagram Live. I am so sorry to be late this evening. Harry woke up and I don't know if he had a bad dream or he had, or he said he had earache, but I don't know whether it's earache or it's a bad dream. Hi Michi, hello everyone who's coming on. Um, but yes, he wasn't a happy chappy and um, so it took a bit of time to settle him back down again and I'm really hoping that we, hi Yasutam, um, won't be interrupted in our live but we'll see how it goes, they're just in the room next door so fingers crossed um, he's gonna, or him and Olivia will both stay settled for the live. I don't think I've had many where I've been interrupted um, so far on these Instagram lives but um, yeah, fingers crossed he'll stay asleep. I hope he hasn't got earache because that doesn't sound good, does it? So let me know if you can hear me clearly. Um, my hi, okay, great. People can hear me. That's great. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for joining. And apologies, everyone who's joining, for me being late. Um, the tonight's topic is sharing is not caring. We're talking about the expectation that we have. A lot of us have that toddlers should, or any young children should share. And this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Um, toddlers are my favorite age group for my own children and working with toddlers. Um, uh, I love everything about toddlers, their passion for life, their interest, the intensity of their emotions, um, and their wonder and their joy in the simplest things. So I love toddlers. And the great thing about the toddler age group, like the whole of early childhood, there is so much going on in brain development and emotional development, which means that there are huge amounts of things that are going on, huge amounts of things that can be confusing for us as adults. And it means that this is such a critical time, such an important and such an exciting time for us to make a beautiful imprint on our child's um, emotional development, all areas of their de uh, development, but particularly emotional development. Um, toddlers are so often misunderstood um, and they are disciplined inappropriately. There are like, unrealistic expectations are placed upon them, all types of things that are s seriously, seriously misunderstood. And actually, I've got several workshops and programs about toddlers because I'm so passionate about this age group and helping people understand them properly. So let's just talk about one aspect of toddlers that people really, really struggle with in general and people can get really triggered by, and that is sharing. So um, as I said in my post when I introduced this Instagram Live, um, sharing is not caring. You know, uh, sharing is caring is that cringeworthy expression we hear so many people say to young children and it's completely inappropriate to expect young children to um, share is uh, is ludicrous because and I'll give you just three reasons number one their brain isn't developed isn't their brain is at the point of development where they can share or take turns as an older child or an adult can. That just isn't possible for the brain development because um, when they hold on to something and they like something, it um, almost becomes an extension of them. They are, it's called the crisis of opposition in this a toddler age group, and they, um, anything that they hold on to, anything like, sort of becomes part of their, uh, their identity. 
And so if we try and take it for the, from them or another child tries to take it from them, it is like losing part of their identity. It's this visceral feeling that they feel. So asking them to share something against their will is inappropriate and actually downright cruel to them. And um, actually puts them in deficit, doesn't set them up for success. So that's the first reason why sharing is not caring. One, their brains aren't ready for it. The second reason why sharing is not caring is that, um, and this is quite a triggering point, um, we expect things of young children that we do not do ourselves. You know, we would expect a child to share a toy at the playground but if your friend rocks up and tries to take your watch off your wrist, would you really let them or would you protest? A toddler is doing exactly the same that an adult would do in the same situation. So often it's really good to check ourselves and make sure that we are not expecting a child to do something that we wouldn't do ourselves. Um, so that's really, really important for us to know and us to feel and be aware of. We're expecting them to share because we think that they are wrong and they need to be corrected. But actually, it's not like that at all. And they are, we are asking behavior, um, of the, we are asking them to be in a certain way, to adhere to rules that we don't even follow ourselves in our daily lives. So that's the second thing to think about of sharing is caring. The first is brain development. They're not yet there. So it's um, a skill that can be developed, um, but it's not something that can be opposed because the brain isn't there yet in understanding sharing. Secondly, we're asking them to share when it's something that adults don't do. Um, we're asking more of them than we expect ourselves to do. And um, the third thing for us to um, uh, know about um, excuse me. Uh, the third thing for us to know about sharing is that, and this is a bit mind blowing, is that actually learning to respect someone else and their possessions and their home and their environment actually is cultivated from us offering respect first. So, to give you an example of what I mean by that, in a Montessori environment, in a Montessori classroom, from the youngest children, if a child is working or playing with something, then it is theirs to play or work with for the duration that that child wants to. So no one else can come in and play with them or work with them or take their work. We don't expect them to share because we know that the child whose work, who's doing the work and play is doing that importantly in order to develop their brain in their moment and what they need is to foster concentration and focus and to complete that their uh, that task to their satisfaction to perfection or mastery whatever they're looking for and then they will move on to something else and the powerful thing is that when a child's um, what they're working with or playing with is respected in this way then over a period of time respect of others work respect of other possessions comes but the crucial thing is is that they are shown respect first and once a child is shown respect then 
respect of others will come afterwards, not the other way around. It's not that the child is bad and needs to be shamed or corrected into being good. We know as Montessorians, as not just Montessorians, a lot of people, that the child is innately good. And um, we are there to, and Dr. Montessori talks about of guiding the inner energy of the child, which I just love so much. Hi, Montessori Bambino. Montessori Bambino put an amazing comment on the post for, um, for this Top Tip Tuesday. And she asked a question about um, what we do in situations where a child is being forced to share in a social situation. So thank you so much for that, Montessori Bambino. We're going to come, come to that for sure. Um, so those are our three things for us to know about sharing, not sharing. Um, sharing is not caring. One, the child's brain development isn't there. Two, we're often expecting children to do things that they are, um, that we are not doing ourselves. And um, the third thing is our children are innately good and the respect of others' property comes when our child or the child in front of us is respected first of all. So the best way to um, cultivate a child's um, uh, willingness to um, develop this trait of turn-taking and waiting and being considerate to others, the best way is in the home environment to cultivate those um, qualities ourselves and nurturing and nourishing home environment where we respect when our child is working or playing with something. We, if there's siblings and one of them is working with something, we respect that that sibling is doing that and then other children can't interfere, can't take it from them. And then respect is fostered in this way. It's not the other way around that we have to instill something in the child first. It has to come from them internally and they have to experience it almost like on a cellular level that they are respected and then respecting others becomes, well, it's just natural, you know. It's not something that needs to be taught or can be taught. Um, so let's go to Montessori Bambino's uh, comment. If you want to look at the post, it's on the post right now, the comment and hi let me read out the comments that she made. Um, so after the post announcing the Stop to Tuesday, she said, now imagine being with your toddler at the pool with another parent and their child that they have punished by leaving him alone and constantly shaming him as he refused to share his toys with your child. As far as I know, it's best not to interrupt, sorry, interfere with how other, others parent, but love to know if there's a way to address such a situation with your child and maybe the other parent too. Um, this is such a great question and it's something I just have... Um, that comes up so often as well, actually. You know, how do we deal? This is all great and we can do this in our home, but how do we do this in the real world when there's um, other children who are being forced to share and are being shamed? And then when our child is there with the yellow spade and won't let go of it, and then other children are coming over, then we end up feeling like we're the bad guy, that we're the one that's making our child selfish. Those can be really tough situations and I've been in them myself. So what I've really found is a, um, a really positive approach to this is to firstly know that, um, oh, Yasutam, that's a great um, question. Yasutam's asked a question about um, sharing between siblings. Let me come to that, um, Yasutam, that's a really, really great question. Thanks for asking. 
Um, so uh, Montessori Bambino's question was regarding how we support um, in a situation where another parent is shaming their child for not sharing and the other child's obviously getting distressed at this. How do we support the other parent? How do we support the other child? And how do we support our own child in the situation? Because, of course, they're absorbing the other parenting going on. What I found was the most positive way to support is firstly, take a judgment check and know that the other parent is doing the best that they can. We don't know how much sleep they had the night before. We don't know how much family or friend pressure they have to make their child um, sh uh, share un in an unwarranted way. We don't know what's going on with that other family. So the first thing for us to come from is a place of compassion and to know that um, we know nothing about that other scenario. So the best thing we can do is support um, the other child uh, in this situation. Uh, hi, Sophia. Hi, sorry. Uh, hi, Farah. And lots of people are joining. Um, so what I would say is say you've got the two children and the other child being being shamed or what have you, I would actually just turn to the other child and reassure them and say things like, um, you really aren't ready for anyone else to look at your yellow spade, are you? I can see you digging with it and you really want to dig with it. I'm, uh, I'm my son and I are gonna watch you when you're digging with it. You're really enjoying it, aren't you? So emphasize that you see them, you hear them, you know what their needs are. He or she wants to hold on to that yellow spade. I think the example was a was a son. Yeah, I think the example was a son. Um, you see and you hear that other child. And you can even use the words of reassurance in terms of, um, we can see you really want to use the spade and we're not going to touch it. We're going to wait here. We're going to watch. We're going to do our own thing or dig in the sand or whatever it is. We're not going to touch the spade. You know, we, whatever is their upset, reassure them that you're not going to do what they're fearing because just your calming, soothing presence is going to make a huge difference and helping that child see, feel seen and heard is huge. So this is really valuable, obviously to the other child, but your child sees and hears you doing this. So they feel comfortable as well. They feel comfortable with the other child um, getting really, really upset. They feel comfortable with whatever's going on with the other parents. And they feel comfortable with you because they know that you've got this other child back as well, you know? And if our child is at this stage getting really, really upset, and um, but they, our child really, 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 really wants the yellow spade, but the other child wants to keep the yellow spade and wants to keep digging. So the same reassurance goes for our child. Um, and what I would do with my, my children, there's a stage for both of them where this was really hard. If they were really struggling and they kept on trying to grab it, it would be very much a case of sitting them on my lap and saying, I know this is hard. The little boy is playing with the yellow spade at the moment. Let's sit here and we can watch what he's doing. And if we need to lovingly contain our child in that stage, whilst really gently reassuring them that you're here, um, you're safe, you're going to watch it together, and you can be, you can use language like, you know, I would say, I can't let you touch um, the little boy's spade. He's working with it at the moment. He's playing with it at the moment. I know you really, really want it, but I can't let you take it. And I would hold either of my children and reassure, use those words. But if I needed to contain, I would because um, I felt it was super important for um, my children to have the support they needed to um, 
with that impulse control. They didn't have impulse control when they're toddlers. So they're going to go over and snatch each other's toys. And they're going to hit each other in the process. And there probably is going to be a bite or two going on as well. That's just because the impulse control isn't yet developed. The part of their brain for impulse control and problem solving and reasoning, it's not there yet. It's going to come in time. But they're not going to be able to stop themselves from snatching and pushing and grabbing and tugging and all of those things. So our work as parents um, and as educators is to contain a child who's really in that difficult stage so that the child who's originally playing with the yellow spade or whatever it is can get on with what they need to do. And that's what's um, really, really important because it is a hi, Asil, hi, Lara. Sorry, lots of people coming and I'm not keeping up. Um, so what I can probably hear you all saying is, um, so that's the scenario when you have um, another family and they're doing things differently. So reassure the other child and reassure your child. Make sure as much as possible that your child respects the other child's um, toys and their space as much as possible. We're all human and it's not gonna happen every time, but as much as possible, ensure that your child is respecting the other child's uh, play or work. And you do that by holding and you do that by talking. And what's really, really amazing is that if um, our toddler then is sitting and wriggling and writhing and kicking and biting on our lap and screaming that they want the yellow spade, if we can hold on through that time and we can hold on to uh, our child in a loving way of saying, yep, yeah, I know this is hard, I'm here for you, I'm here for you, I'm here for you, when they have that big crisis, that big release and hitting or have you afterwards, they're going to be a lot, lot calmer. And it's going to be... They're not holding on to that stress in their body and there's no shame there because you've just honored i see this is hard i'm going to help you keep to the ground rule here but i'm here for you you know you stayed right with them in that moment where they needed your support um, and you haven't tried to distract them and you haven't you know tried to force the other child to share you've just stayed with them in the in the fire you know in that really really hard stage when you've got a toddler who is um who is going crazy, you know, and they are so intense because they don't have the impulse control. Their emotional development isn't there. Um, and that's all normal and that's all fine. And it's more about us offering the reassurance that they need in that stages, which is important. Not So that means looking at the big picture. It's not whether our child shares or not. It's how we react to what's happening is what's more important than anything else. Let me just have a sip of tea and then we'll... Um, move to Yasutam's question about uh, sharing and building a bond between um, siblings. So um, we're going to come to that one next and I'll make sure in my original notes that we've covered everything we're talking about. Um, I also wanted to talk about how we've got um, we've got a, a hangover about sharing and sharing is caring haven't we a lot of us from our generation I mean certainly I know I have um, and I can remember a family member saying maybe I mean Olivia's seven now so maybe five years ago four five years ago you know when Olivia didn't want to share something and someone's saying oh she's got to learn to share and obviously in my Montessori brain I wanted to then give a whole Instagram live like I'm giving now, but I just had to 
zip it for a, for a moment and just say, yeah, she's not ready and kind of not make a big deal about it. But it's something that's really deeply ingrained in people um, that children should be taught to share as if they're wrong and they need to be corrected. Um, and it's, it can take some digging, actually, is to understand and feel ourselves. Maybe if we, if our child is in the park and they've snatched something from another child or they won't share with another child, just really interesting to note those feelings in your body. You know, where do you feel that stress? You know, I always feel stress in my jaw straight away. So as soon as my jaw tenses, I can be like, oh, hang on, something's happened. But really, it can be really nice to feel those feelings in our body. You know, when we feel annoyed with our child, where are we feeling that in our body? What's the texture of that? What's the color of that? Um, uh, all of those things, where is it located? And then the, and the color and the texture, you know, what's it feel like? Is it scratchy? <coughs> If it's in our jaw, we want to become aware of, of where this tension is held in our body with any of these difficult topics like sharing or hitting or biting or um, rudeness, swearing. Oh my goodness, any of you who've got older children, when your children start swearing at you, that's something else. Spitting as well, my goodness, that when we hit four and my children started, you know, had a, well, I say started spitting, had a spitting stage. My goodness, I was, you know, in the next dimension of annoyance with them and frustration and being triggered by that um, and it's something that I just I became really aware of in my body and it doesn't make it easier I'm not saying it's not easy and I'm not saying I don't overreact sometimes but it's just it's now almost like funny where I can go oh hang on there's that feeling again you know because I've become aware of how I feel around things and how when I'm triggered how my body responds um, so let's go to Yesterday's question, um, which is a really, really great one about sharing amongst siblings. So the question is, and Yesterday, I don't know if you are male or female, um, it's can I use sharing as a way to build sort of a bond between my three-year-old boy and his brother? Um, I would say, um, without knowing the context and without knowing the age of the brother, possibly, I, I'm guessing, reading between the lines, it's a little brother. Um, I would say that there is, um, categorically no way that is better to build bonds between siblings other than reading together and them having a bath together and going to the beach together and playing in the park together and lying together and, you know, lying and watching the, on the floor and watching the sun you know, the sun, uh, what's the word, filter in through the window, or lie on the grass, and now, you know, if you're in Dubai, we've got some lovely clouds, haven't we, this time of year, lie and watch the clouds together, you know, there's, and, and speak positively about each sibling when they're not in the room, there's trying to get children to share, which is something that they can't do anyway, developmentally, uh, as a way to build a bond is one really complicated and two not appropriate because the sharing will come when the bond is there you know what I mean it's the other way around connection is the first imperative um, having our, our children or any type of relationship building connection first and Barbara Isaacs in my podcast last year she said this beautiful quote was that we need to connect children, connect to children first and get them to trust us before we try to get them to do all the things we want them to do. 
and this is applicable with children in the classroom, children in the home, children in the homeschooling pod, children you're playing with in the park. We've got to connect with them first and then to support connecting with each other. But sharing will come afterwards, if you see what I mean. So you could um, sing together, you could read together, you could... Um, you could lie. Uh, you could lie on your back and watch the clouds together. Going to the beach together, picking flowers together. Lay, I mean, depending on the age of the little one, laying the table for lunch together. You know, involving um, big brother and little brother in everything together. Um, things like, if say, for example, if little brother's a baby, you can draw big brother's attention to. Oh, have you noticed how much he watches you? Have you noticed that whenever he sees you, he has a big smile on his face? Have you noticed that um, when you're eating, he'll eat as well, he's copying you? You know, those are the little nuances, little subtleties that we can um, show to our, that we can illustrate and highlight to our children. That's what builds a bond. Um, so I hope that's helpful, Yasatam. And give me, oh, little one is 13 months old. Fabulous, thank you for answering. So Yasatam has a 13-month-old and a three-year-old. So yeah, this is brilliant. This is such a great age gap. It's probably the same as Olivia and Harry. They are two years and three months apart. And um, building connection is everything that I've said. Reading together, swimming together, going to the beach together, going to walks together, picking flowers, laying the table. I mean, 13 months is such a great age because once they're walking, they can do so much if you give them autonomy and give them freedom of movement if you'd like to i'm not sure where you are on your montessori journey and your enriching environments journey but i have an online um, course which is montessori um montessori at home and it's six modules and you can go at your own pace you can go week by week or you can go at your own pace each of those has a video and an affirmation and homework and you can send me dms as well if you've got questions but um they also have got a toddler workshop um and a preschooler workshop so we can talk about how to set up your home in a way that offers autonomy to both children, your toddler and your preschooler. Um, so there's loads and loads of things you can do. But um, all I want you, what I really want you to take from this is that the sharing will come uh, after the connection. And yes, Sam, thank you for your answer. She just said, thank you for answering. I should focus on connecting them first. Um, yeah, the connection is the first thing. And don't worry, everything else falls into place. I promise you, you know, I can't tell you the amount of times in the past seven years, you know, with Olivia and Harry, that I've questioned what I was doing. I'm thinking, should I be doing something more obvious? Should I be doing something more intentional? But no, it's the connection that comes first. The connection of you with each child, us with each child, our connection between each other, and then the connection that the child has with the environment so can they meet their needs because for example if you have a toddler and a preschooler who can meet their needs for snack or to wipe up or to clean up for example to look after the community and look after themselves um, independent of adult help that will create connection and a bond between them and sharing naturally because when 13 month old spills something on the floor if all the cloths and the cleaning things and the drink and everything that they need is at their height, then the three-year-old is going to help clear that up. Do you see what I mean? And then they'll be turn-taking because then your toddler will want the cloth 
that the three-year-old is using. Do you see what I mean? And then that's natural sharing and turn-taking like that. So think about the connection of you and each child, the connection of the children to each other, and the connection with their environment. Can they do what they need to do autonomously as much as possible? Have they got what they need at their fingertips? Because that fosters community. And then from a sense of community, respect of others and sharing naturally happens because that richness happens from a nurturing environment. Um, thank you so much for the hearts you ever gave them to me. Um, Asil, uh, dance together. Oh, yes, that's a great suggestion. Asil just said um, uh, dancing together is a way to connect. Yeah, we do that, particularly for those crazy moments. Hey, when you've got a newborn and then a, uh, and then a toddler, dancing together is sometimes the only answer. Asil has got three. She's amazing. She's a super mummy. Um, so Asil's comment said, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you mentioned the swearing. Yeah, um, it was funny, actually, because I was thinking of Serena at that time, still because her and Olivia are the same age. I thought to myself, I bet you are still experiencing this at the moment. Yeah, um, we were talking about the different stages that children go through and the toddler age is snatching and pushing and biting and things. And then when they get older, the elementary age, you know, six and above, it's the swearing. And yeah, it's like it's so hair blowing back. It's so hair raising all these different stages. And each one we do our best to support in the way that we feel is right for a family at that time but um yeah it's and it also and it also passes you know harry went through a spitting stage when he first turned four and it was around for about six months and, and it's gone now it's fine and it was funny i was talking to a friend today about spitting and i just thought oh goodness harry hasn't spat in such a long time and it's sort of that that stage has passed but yeah i totally hear you the, the stages can be really really intense sometimes let me scroll down and see what other comments see if i've missed any questions just keep the questions coming hey um, oh, a seal, and then your toddler is copying the swearing. Oh, I know, my goodness. I had that about two years ago. Olivia had picked up something, a really, really bad word. So Harry was going out, school, so he was two at the time, was going out into the playground and shouting this word at everybody. I mean, I had to laugh because it was so awful, um, so, so awful, but it passed. I've got a really good um, technique, actually, a really good technique for um, coping with, uh, for managing swearing. I should do a Top Tip Tuesday on it. It's a bit far out there in terms of a solution for swearing, but I found it super, super effective. Um, does anyone have any more questions about sharing or not sharing? Let me just check my notes that we've covered everything and keep going for questions. Um, Oh, yeah, what I've got here in my notes is I'm moving away from shaming an older child when they don't feel like sharing. This is really interesting and has been difficult for me. As Olivia's got older, she's seven now, It's she's been less, well, she's been more inclined to be vocal if she doesn't want to share something, particularly with a younger child um, that isn't Harry. I mean, her and Harry are really, really close. There's not a problem between those two. But if a toddler comes over and is interested, if Olivia then resists sharing, I've really struggled with that. And that's been really, really, that's been really, really interesting. But also what I found is if I give the toddler the, those words, say, you know, um, Olivia's playing with this at the moment and you can watch her and she'll let you know when she's ready. Things like that. Toddlers understand. That's what's amazing. If we speak to them like real people, if we speak to them in a way that's respectful and clear and kind. Hi, Ivana. Um, then it then it is really becomes so so much easier when um, when we have these moments if we can speak with respect and clarity um, 
then it really, really makes it so much easier for our children because they know what the boundaries are, you know. We, we're not trying to hide anything. We're not trying to distract them, any of those things. We are being with them right there in the moment. We're acknowledging what their need is. We're acknowledging what their desire is. And we're telling them honestly that whether we can meet that desire um, at that time, you know, in that in that moment. Um, but yeah, super, super difficult to get older children because you kind of have this expectation that they should be able to share, you know, that a seven-year-old should give something up for a younger child. And I'm sure what you'll all find, of you know, those of you with older children, is that sometimes they will do it and they'll want to, and sometimes they won't. And what's most interesting for us is to then check ourselves and go, okay, so I want them to have their own mind and do what they want to do. And when they're grown up, I want them to be feisty and stand up for themselves and not take any nonsense from anyone. But often when they're children and we feel embarrassed or triggered because they're not sharing, we want them to do as we want them to do. We want them to do as they're told. So that's just a really interesting perspective to be aware of as well for all of us. And I do the same, you know, is that if we want our child to do something because we feel embarrassed they're not doing the right thing, interesting to kind of fast forward 20 years and go okay if they were an adult would we expect the same behavior or is our expectation of our child's behavior sometimes unrealistic yeah so um that can be that can be really interesting when we get into older children and we feel um embarrassed that they're not sharing um what else do i have in the in my notes yeah it's all about creating the supportive home environment you know um that allow such as generosity and kindness to flourish um, and this is something that happens over a long long period of time you know it's um, the whole of the first six years of life and then beyond um, where we are working on these things working on you know and actually hi there everyone who's joining um, these qualities that we want to cultivate and foster in our children are ones that we're always looking to cultivate and foster in ourselves hey so we can ask ourselves you know have i showed that generosity today have i showed that kindness today um so we can ensure that we are um being our child's best role model we are being the best we can so our child can see us like that um I think for our roundup, um, what we want to say is, we, unless anyone has any other questions, children can't share developmentally, their brains aren't there. So um, trying to expect them to share is not something that's appropriate. Secondly, we're often expecting them to do things that we don't do ourselves as adults. We don't just share things like that as adults. We wouldn't take it if, if a friend came up and just took something from our hand. We wouldn't. Be okay with that anyway so we, we shouldn't expect a toddler to be okay or any child to be okay with that um and uh the third thing is really we know in our hearts that when a child is respected then over time they will um respect others respect others property um but that comes over a period of time so i think that's everything um we, it could be deeply ingrained, this, this um, belief that our children need to share. It comes from our childhood. Um, and, oh, so I wanted to share with you something, actually, that's really, really interesting. As I read something quite recently that, uh, that it's actually been um, shown, research has shown that 
the more we try to force sharing and make children share, that it actually makes them more proprietorial and more likely to hang on to whatever it is they're trying to hang on to. And that makes sense, right? Because all of us, the more we feel something's been taken away, the more we want to grab onto it, the more we want to grasp onto it. Um, so that's a really, really interesting thought to leave you with. So the more we encourage respect, the more that they're going to be able to show it to others. The more that we expect them to do things they aren't capable of, like sharing, the more that they will actually grip onto what they have and the less likely they are to relax and allow another child um, to even want to share with another child. So um, it's just, as I said, everything in life, you know, the more we grip on, the more someone wants to take something from us, the more that we grip on. So I'm going to leave you with that this evening. Please do send me any other questions for Toxic Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining me this evening. I think I've got all of your comments. Um, yeah. I think I've got everything. Just send me a message in the box now if there's um, anything that I've missed. Thank you so much for joining me. Or as always, send me a DM on any questions you have for Topic Tuesday. I love answering them. Send me messages anyway. Um, what do I have coming up? I have my nanny program here in Dubai and online coming up um, next month. It's the 20th of February, 20th of March. And I have, a, thanks Cecile, and I have my Conscious Parenting Program, Montessori Conscious Parenting Program, starting on, uh, sorry, my next round, starting on the 13th of February, that's the 13th of February, which is Sunday, and the 6th of March, also a Sunday. So if you'd like more details of that, send me a DM, or all the details are in my posts and in my stories. Um, so... Thank you so much for joining me. I also have an online course. I've got meditations with children. Um, yeah, send me a message if you have any questions. Don't forget that my podcast series, The Montessori Mission, that was published from last June to last November. Um, that is available here on IGTV, on YouTubes, on Spotify, and YouTubes, YouTube and iTunes and on enrichingenvironments.com. Catch up on any of those. Um, and I look forward to seeing you all again next week maybe we'll do one about swearing a seal because uh it's a hot topic isn't it this whole swearing business um send me any messages send me any topics and thanks so much for joining me we had a good crowd this evening and thanks so much for all your great questions and i'll see you soon take care lots of love